Hey, Mez. Hey, Toby. How you been? Um, I've been good. I've been writing my second book, actually. Oh, yeah. Nice. I wrote the introduction and then I reread it and I cried. So I think that's a good sign. Oh, you didn't cry because it was terrible. <laughs> no, I cried because it, like, it was very emotional. It's very emotional. <laughs> You. Have you been dreaming about NFTs? NFTs. Well, let's talk about NFTs. <laughs> let's talk about I NFTs, don't even know Toby. Where to start? I'm going to tell you something that's going to change your life. Have you ever heard of NFTs? We're going to talk about NFTs today, obviously, but. I think in preparing for this episode, I don't think I have worked as hard <laughs> <laughs> to understand what the fuck this is all about. Because I'm so confused. This time last year, no one really knew what an NFT was. I remember speaking about it very briefly with my my better half, Jack. And she was all, you know, jazzed up about it because she's kind of into this whole... She's a futurist, you know, babe. She's a futurist. She's into investing and she's into mm. crypto and all that kind of shit. Not seriously just out of curiosity more than anything yeah so in fact i think she was the first person to tell me to bring my attention to nf nfts and 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 what they were and then i sort of looked into it a bit more and i thought what the hell is that so i thought the best way to start this episode was to really just generally define what an nft is Mm -hmm. so for those of you that don't know nft stands for non-fungible Token. token now what the fuck is fungible okay well, exactly so this is another <laughs> Who thing the fuck this knows is, what that word is this is one of the first things that bugged me about the whole concept was the word fungible now i consider my, i've been a journalist for 25 years and i consider my grip of the english language is reasonably firm <laughs> yes plus it's your native tongue my darling i had no idea what fungible was all about anyway so obviously we all know now that fungible means well, irreplaceable, I guess, or new. Yeah, not non interchangeable, really. Yeah, yeah. I heard like a really good way to describe it is kind of like if I have a five dollar note and you have a five dollar note and we swap the five dollar notes, that's interchangeable, but it's still the same thing. You've you've funged each other. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like something that's non fungible, it can't be interchanged for something yeah. that is exactly the same or similar because it's like it's minted. Yeah. Most things are non-fungible. I mean, I saw an example of a guy who bought, he had an obsession with this particular orange Uniqlo jacket, puffer jacket. Oh, okay. He loved it. And he, he bought many versions of this jacket, but he always loved the first one he ever bought more than any of the other ones. So to him, that, whilst there were many, many versions of this jacket, his one that he was, was his favourite was the non-fungible version of that jacket that's interesting because it meant something to him it meant something to him it had sentimental value and he worn it in a nice way and kind of like a good book you know you dog tag it and you underline it yes there are other copies of that book but this one there's not a copy like this book so we know what an nft well we know what nft stands for but do you want to have a crack at sort of explaining what it is yeah i'll have a good crack i feel like full disclosure here we are not old. Like, I think we are young. No. But, and we, like, I grew up in the era of the internet. Like, when the internet mm. started was when I was growing up. So, I've lived most of my life in an online digital world as well. 
And I was so fucking confused by this whole topic. <laughs> and like, we are smart. Um, well, maybe you know, we're not. So <laughs> if you don't quite grasp these concepts or if we sound like fucking idiots, there's a reason for it. It's very confusing and complicated. But basically like what an NFT is, is it's like a, a digital token that lives and is minted on the blockchain to kind of like seal its legitimacy and that token is usually connected to some kind of digital media or digital art whether that's an avatar a still image a piece of multimedia or even well which is how it started things like things in games that you can buy like weapons or skins and stuff like that those are nfts but what makes it different i guess from buying other stuff online digital things online is that it has that token um that sits on the blockchain and is minted by the blockchain that kind of like validates it as this is the og is that a really bad way to explain it not at all makes perfect sense as as much sense as you can make out of this anyway for Um, non-nft professionals correct but there's the whole blockchain thing that's a whole nother that's a whole yeah. another new technology that that kind of twists my melon a fair bit. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Anyway, so I guess NFTs came to prominence really over the past twelve months, I suppose. Yeah, I think I would actually say that part of like the lockdowns across the world has made it boom yeah. so much. I would say yeah. because people are at home and and you know they're bored. Yeah. Definitely. You know, NFTs have kind of been around since 2017. And like I mentioned, they've mostly been, you know, items in games and stuff like that. Or, you know, cat um, cat NFTs, you know, that came to fame that oh, were avatars nine, and shit like the that. Yeah. Cat. yeah. 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 But really, like, they kind of burst uh, into the mainstream around October 2021 with the sale, the $69 million sale at Christie's of an, of an NFT by the artist known as Beeple, which is like a massive collage of all this different work, which I actually don't even know if it's Beeple's work. I'm not sure about that. And it's entitled Every Days, The First 5,000 Days. And yeah, it was sold at Christie's for $69 million. Wow. And then, you know, I mean, cue clickbait articles and yep. everyone on earth trying to Mass get hysteria. into this because that's a fuck ton of money and not only that but it's it's, it's a lot of money for something that seems seemingly simple to create for most people you know you, you, yeah. you take a picture you create a graphic or, or whatever if you're in that world if you're in that digital art world and you're you have the ability to i don't know photoshop uh, an image of somebody or do anything really that's digital art that the, the potential that that sale um, sort of signaled to everybody in, in terms of, wow, I can actually, you know, make even a million bucks, let alone 70, would be vastly uh, <laughs> in excess of any kind of money that, you know, most artists are making on a daily basis right now. So, or even before the pandemic. No, absolutely. And I guess that that kind of sale and the rise of the NFT has, you know, to a lot of digital artists that, it was a signal that said, oh, actually, I can make money from digital art because I think digital artists, unlike, say, a stills photographer, a painter, a sculptor, um, a dancer, a musician, a writer, it is kind of 
sometimes intangible their work can be intangible because it does live in the digital sphere and I think a lot of them saw this as an opportunity to kind of like cash in on their art and try and make a living out of it like other people do in more traditional forms of the art world but then there's the flip side of it as well which is that a lot of people saw that Christie's sale a lot of blockchain investors saw that sale as a scene to cash in on Mm. do you know mm. what i mean with it with I crypto do, yeah. so yeah. it's not necessary there's like two sides to this nft world and one is definitely the art side where people are genuinely trying to get their art out there and make some kind of living and then there's the other side which is you know the crypto investors trying to bump up their own their own stock and um and basically kind of build their own new digital and financial ecosystem yeah because i mean the guy that bought that image was himself was a crypto entrepreneur or whatever you want to whatever yeah. you want to call it who you know was basically driving up the value of crypto for for the purposes of buying art yeah like his his crypto which i, I can't I can't even remember the name of what his crypto is and let me tell you it's probably not not worth fucking knowing it was something <laughs> like valued at three cents and then after he bought the 69 million dollar um piece it was worth something like 38 cents or something like that like it went yeah. up exponentially yeah there you go i think yeah that's the i mean, I mean that's the thing with most of, of this type of technologies it always gets kind of um bastardized into something that perhaps it wasn't intended to be i was reading uh an article on my journey to this episode um by a a guy by the name of anil dash who's the ceo of a company called glitch um but many years ago around about 2014 he wrote this article in the atlantic he was talking about a hackathon that he attended with a friend of his called uh kevin mccoy and between the two of them they came up with this idea to create um well not not create digital art but find a way for digital artists to not only sell their work efficiently but to also continue to make money from the sale of that work or the on sale of that work more to the point right so the idea the idea was that you create a piece of work uh whether it be art music video whatever you sell it as uh an nft they didn't call it nfts i think they called it um oh, what did they call it visual something like that i can't remember they had some funny name for it which she was very embarrassed yeah. about yeah um <laughs> you would sell it and then the person who bought that would get some sort of digital certificate to say that they owned it but you still kind of owned the copyright behind it in a digital sort of way so if the person who bought that then decided to on sell it you would again reap some benefit from that sale. So you would continuously make money from the sale of this piece of work. So wherever right. it went, it could get sold, you know, 10 times, 100 times, a million times. Every time it's sold, you would basically make um, You'd some get a money. Royalty. Yeah. So as an artist, you think, well, that's that's awesome. That sounds like the perfect world. You know, that's what we've always, all of us that, that create art in any form have been fighting for is the ability to sell something at, its true value and then also you know not have that work ripped off and sold elsewhere but it, it remains unique and whoever buys it in the future you get the royalties as you say a bit like music and all that sort of stuff but even now i think royalties are not perhaps what they should be in terms of value you know the the royalties you get for music for example are pretty low oh they're like um, horrific yeah so i guess this was a way in their minds to um kind of 
switch up the game a bit on that front and, and yeah really make art more valuable and whenever you talk to like an nft enthusiast or a collector or an nft artist you know that's the main thing they say to you is like yeah well it's so good because the artist no matter how many times it's sold the original artist will always get royalties raw 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 which look i totally get that that is such a valid point but like in this like research for this episode like the way that they that these um uh, platforms can obfuscate and circumvent actually having to pay royalties um Mm. you know whether it's moving from a different blockchain or whatever like that is it's actually really easy to do um So I think that argument goes down the drain and I also think that argument goes down the drain in the simple fact that like, I mean, I know here in Australia we have a law that came in in 2008 that if, you know, if I sell an image or a painting or a sculpture through a gallery, I'm going to get the profit from that. But let's say I sell it, the gallery sells it to you, right? You keep it Mm. for five years and then you decide to sell it on but you're going to go to that gallery or another gallery and get them to sell it for you because, you know, they have they have a whole kind of Rolodex of people that they can go to that will buy art. Well, yeah. in this country, if when that gallery resells that picture or sculpture or painting, they have to give royalties to the original artist. So I would get royalties from that. So that yeah. does happen here in this country. Where it doesn't happen is, say, when you're selling things privately. Like if I sold you a photograph, Toby, and then you sold that photograph onto a friend of yours, they would not legally have to pay me uh, royalties yeah. on that photograph. Unless we'd signed some sort of deal before, um, yeah. of course. Yeah. So I guess bringing this back to photography would you ever consider selling your work as an nft i don't know i've been thinking about that um like i would i don't really like you know full disclosure i don't really i think nfts are a fad and i think that they're just a way to push crypto um i don't actually think it's about art at all um i really don't um but i do think there are some amazing people in the nft space that are genuinely creating amazing work and I do think mm-hmm. that they should be paid for that work and they are being paid for that work and they're becoming very successful. Um, yeah. Whether I think that I could do that, I'm not sure because I think to be successful in that NFT space, you also need to be in the community. And the NFT community is extremely dude-driven. It's extremely masculine and toxic. Um, yeah. Sure, there are, there are definitely parts of it that aren't. I don't want to sort of paint them all with the same brush, but... I just, I'm not really into that scene. Like you kind of have to be in the scene to kind of be successful at it, yeah. um, which I don't think I have the time or the effort to actually do. Um, but yeah. no, never say never. Like I've seen some freaking amazing work on there. But I think it all comes down to the fact that I wouldn't buy an NFT. Yeah, right. So if I wouldn't buy one, why should I sell one? Yeah, I get that. So I'm going to leave that up to people who want to do that because I don't see the value yeah. in it. Yeah. And I think you were talking about that before and this is something that we find hard to get our heads around is the fact that there is no physical thing. It's one of the reasons why I don't really understand why this has gained such a, a lot of traction currently. It may be a fad like you said or maybe this is the future of how we sell art. Who knows? It's far too early to say. But I think the thing for me in terms of the physical or the lack of a physical asset, you know, you're spending tens of millions of dollars, you would expect to get something 
tangible back that you could potentially hang or yeah you know at least see somewhere you know something let's say it's the mona lisa which is a non-fungible piece of art at least you can go and see it uh, you can see multiple copies of it as well but if you go to the louvre and you look at the mona lisa and you can stand there and you can go wow i've seen the mona lisa like how cool is that you know? <laughs> but with this it's that 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 kind of concept doesn't exist and i think I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who lives in in San Francisco. He works for Lyft, so he's very much in this kind of tech, um, mm-hmm. you know, Silicon big tech Valley world. world. Yeah, and he has been for a while. He's worked for um, Pinterest and various other people over there. We were talking about this, and he was saying, you know, obviously over there it's going crazy, and you know, he's got lots of people who are you know diving into it and buying little bits and pieces, not multi-million dollar pieces you can buy obviously cheaper nfts if you've got the wherewithal and a bit of crypto to spend but my thing that what i said to him was uh, i understand the concept of collecting and and you know wanting to own something unique but when it comes to art i think art has been so obscenely undervalued for the most part you know there are very few artists that are making millions of dollars, as we know, yeah. you know, it, it, yeah. in all fields, whether it be photography, paint, music, writing, anything. There is a there is an elite sort of echelon of, of, of people that create art that make a shit ton of money. Mm. And there are many people at the other end of that scale making no money doing as good, if not sometimes better work than those who are you know, making millions. And I think for me, what annoys me about NFTs is that all of a sudden we have a bunch of celebrities or or rich folk that are suddenly prepared to spend tens of millions of dollars on basically a string of numbers on on a blank page where, you know, they're not prepared to ring an artist that's, you know, nobody knows at this point and say, hey, I really love your work. Would you, you know, consider... Can I commission something? Can I commission you to create something for my home or or whatever it might be? That's what I don't really understand. And that's what kind of annoys me about it because, you know, if you're prepared to spend that money, why not spend it on the actual physical artwork? Why are we, you know, pushing artists to basically dull their creative senses and create, you know, gifts for the sake of, you know, somebody having a twitter profile pic that they can say is unique that i just that just yeah. makes me a bit angry really yeah i think i think it comes down to the simple fact that it's actually not about the art because the reality of the situation is is a most of the time when um an nft that is a digital art piece is purchased it's pretty much sold on within the hour or within the day to some it's yeah. resold straight away almost um i mean a really interesting um example of that is the photographer ruben Wu, who's like just hands down phenomenal you know pushing um pushing outside of the box of photographic practice he's just phenomenal he shoots for many brands but also nat geo he's kind of known for his like uh vast expansive landscape photography that uses uh drones that have lights on them to create these beautiful patterns in the skies and to light up landscapes yeah 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 clearly this guy's really smart because as soon as the nft boom started he got on board and he now you know sells a lot of his work um, as NFTs 
And a lot of his uh, still photography, like he will make into a multimedia, like it's a short GIF where you see like all the beams of light coming down. It's really quite phenomenal. So I kind of see how it works for that NFT digital space because it is like a Mm -hmm. moving multimedia piece. Mm -hmm. Um, But he recently um, was releasing a new uh, body of work on OpenSea, I think it was. I'm not sure. I think it was OpenSea. And he accidentally, like when he was uploading the collection, so for example, and I don't remember, these aren't real numbers. I think let's say there's 25 pieces in the collection. Instead of um, uploading each piece individually, he accidentally uploaded um, only one sale as the whole collection, not like each individual piece. And so when it went on sale, one person bought the whole thing, like straight away and no one else could buy (laughs) and then within like the hour that person who bought the whole collection was selling off all the pieces inside it straight away Uh, to other people and he was desperately trying to get them back because he totally fucked up and he owned it like he's like i done fucked up i uploaded it wrong and please like (laughs) and so he was buying nfts back like off this person but immediately like that person had started selling them on to other people and making profit because of the simple fact that he is so ruben was so famous especially in the nft world that people wanted those nfts and were willing to pay double the original price um for it from this person who was lucky enough to get the whole collection in one go and so that's what happens especially with like a lot of really famous people well-known nft artists on there as soon as their work sells it gets resold again for twice and so it's not actually about the art that person who's bought that nft doesn't necessarily want the art they just want to then make the profit straight away well here's a here's another example of that and another example of the types of people that are doing this so bros and dudes oh man so back in i think march last year there's a crypto firm called the Injective Protocol, I think they're called. Sounds invasive. Well, yeah, it sounds hor- it sounds as horrible as it probably is. Um, they paid $95,000 for a Banksy called um, Morons, which I don't know if you know Morons. It's a, it's a picture of an auctioneer selling a picture that says, I can't believe you idiots are spending whatever it is. I can't <laughs> believe you, you guys are sp- right. spending that much to buy this shit. A typical yeah. Banksy kind of thing. Anyway, they bought this for um, $95,000. They then, upon buying this, burnt it, so destroyed it, and um, sold a digital token for the work for $380,000. So that's kind of like... So sorry, just so I understand this. So it was a physical artwork that they bought. They took a photo of it, sold that as an NFT, destroyed the original. Correct. Yeah, and not only did they sell it, but they sold it for three hundred and eighty thousand dollars. So, what's that? I don't know. Ninety-five thousand is into three hundred eighty thousand, but it's a lot. You know, almost yeah. three times. Yeah, it's three times um, the value. Three times the value for nothing. Like, That's I, that, hectic. That just blows my mind. And I'm if just they thinking, were really fucking smart, they would have made a video of them burning the fucking Banksy, and that would have sold for <laughs> maybe, a fucking million. Maybe they shit. did. Maybe they did. But it's it's just. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's just, next it's like what you were saying. It's it's a publicity stunt to drum up um crypto. You know, interest in their the fact that they're a crypto firm, you know, or yeah. who did that, you know, or this crypto firm called you know, Injective Protocol. Oh, well, what do they do? Yeah, blah, yeah. Blah. It's like a it's like a, it's a PR sick exercise. marketing stunt. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a PR fun. exercise. I just think that's really, really shit. But I guess 
you know, there are some that are saying there's a bit of symbolism behind this and that the, the fact that they're destroying physical art and replacing it with digital art, you know, this is the future cop thing. That is blah, such blah, blah. a fucking load of shit and a massive yeah. fucking cop out. And that's just what, like, fucking internet bros say to justify their shit behavior and the fact that they don't have a life outside of the internet. <laughs> but, you know, like, I guess, like, it, you know, so my nephew, Jake, he has had, he, like, bought Bitcoin when it, like, first came out. Um, smart little shit. He's like yeah. seventeen, and he got into it like you know, he was way younger, and it was so funny because like last time I saw him, I was like, Jake, I'm doing an episode about NFTs, and like every seventeen year old in the world, he's like, Oh, you know what NFTs are, Miss? And I'm like, Yeah, bro. Um, you know, because I couldn't possibly know because I'm old. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? But like, it's like. He just invested in one of those virtual reality headsets, you know, in the metaverse, the meta headsets, the metaverse. And he brought it over (laughs) and I was using it and like you're inside these games, but, you know, it's also made for like, you know, the future, which is like Web3 in the metaverse where you'll be able to put this headset on and you'll be in different, you know, places and whatever like that. And I've seen online that there are a lot of these collectors of NFTs who are making like metaverse web three spaces online, like galleries online where they put their headset on and they walk, quote unquote, walk through the gallery and they can see all the NFTs that they've bought. So I think that that is also like why people are buying them. And like I like web three and the metaverse is not there yet. But I think when it does get there, maybe some of like those NFT purchases will become like they'll make a bit more sense. But in saying that, yeah, I still I don't fucking get it because you're just fucking <laughs> putting a headset on and you're in a digital world. Like just go to a fucking gallery or like exactly. buy Consume a print and put some, it on your wall. The, the whole metaverse thing is yeah. it, oh, beyond me. I mean, don't even get me started. I just actually just saw a Super Bowl ad for uh MetaQuest VR, which is the Facebook contraption that you strap on. Yeah. Um and the ad was this uh it was actually really sad, creepy and awful. The ad was based around this band. Tell us what you really think, Toby. Yeah, yeah, that basically plays in a I think they're in like an amusement park or something. But and it's the way they shoot it, it's like it's obviously back in the day. The amusement park closes down because no one's going anymore. The band gets fired. They end up getting shitty jobs doing other things like whatever, like crappy jobs. And then they're, you know, at the end of the ad, they're introduced to this. Uh, I think that there's actually a scene where this this cuddly figure, who's the sort of main character in the ad, is in the process of being crushed by this, you know, garbage machine. And this woman's like, stop, stop, let me save him. <laughs> she pulls him out and he ends up... Um, he ends up being a, a something or other in this tech company, and he somebody puts the MetaQuest VR thing on him, and suddenly he's transported back into the past with his mates at the band at the oh, you know God. this but digital like version of the place where he used to work. And I'm like, that's fucked. Like that's not fun. That's no. just depressing. <laughs> that is depressing. You know, that is I depressing. Mean, and the simple fact that like most like music venues do not exist anymore because people are yeah. staying at home and streaming and going online. Exactly. And like doing, the fucking you know, irony nothing. of that is next level. I know. It's just bizarre. So, yeah, I think digital galleries, all that kind of stuff is just, please, give me a break. It's one thing to listen to something on a CD or on an MP3. Fuck, do they still even make MP3s? Like, you know, to stream something on Spotify is one thing and listening to it beautiful can be immersive. 
But when you're standing in a gig live with the band in front of you, there is nothing like that on earth. There is no way anything digital could ever replicate that sound, that feeling. And it's the same a lot of the time with visual art. I mean, Mm. I was just saying this the other week, like to my family, like, um, you know, seeing like a picture of the statue of David is one thing. It actually doesn't look that interesting. Mm. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Like whatever. When you are there standing in front of it is the most fucking magnificent experience. It's the most beautiful fucking statue. It's ginormous. It's amazing. It's immersive. It's like the most unique experience ever. And that's what actually physically seeing art, but being with art really is all about. And seeing it on a screen or even in the metaverse ain't going to fucking cut it. I remember when I saw the Statue of David and the first thing I thought was, how the hell did he do that? Like, how I know. is that possible? There are machines now that could not do that no. in, in, in the way that he did. And, yeah, you're definitely missing out on that sort of thing. But I, I suppose the difficulty with that is that how do you place a value on that as an artist? How do you... You know, who decides that, um, you know, let's say you take a photograph, you think it's magnificent and wonderful and you want to sell it for a million dollars, but you take it to an auctioneer and they're just like, you're kidding, mate, it's it's trash, I'm not selling it for a million dollars. But now you can potentially create an NFT out of that and sell it for $50 million because (laughs) that barrier is gone. And I think that's the... That's the good side of it in a way, but I, but it's I'm not sure that it's sustainable, and I'm not sure that it's necessarily where we should be going. I think the 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 battle for me is how do we twist it back on itself and and make people understand that there is more value in the tangible version of this art than there is in this you know weird crypto metaverse that we all seem to be creeping towards blindly which is just yeah yeah, like i said before it's just depressing for me but i think the thing that those two worlds have in common is perceived value and you know like the art world is full of gatekeepers and they're usually extremely rich white men and and that's why i think people have turned away from traditional methods of showing art because it is just so inaccessible to so many different people you know because mm. really i mean you and i both know the wa- the way you get exhibitions and the way you get certain things like that is the fucking people you know it ain't about the quality of the work yeah. um and it kind of is the same thing with nfts in a way yes anyone can really do it you know what i mean but whether your nft sells for what it's worth is all dependent on your interactions with that community and how much your kind of like the big thing with NFT, nfts is self-promotion it's like yo this is sick this is that this is this, this is like the amount of nft artists on on twitter which is where they mostly hang out that you know blow their own horn and think they're doing something revolutionary is next fucking level you know yeah. what i mean like some yeah. nft artists are like whoa here's an idea like what if we made like an nft that was like a live action um video piece and then we like streamed it like online and someone's like that's a fucking movie like that's what a movie is dickhead like there's so many of those conversations like they actually think that they are like reinventing the wheel and they are in some ways but they're actually not but it's all about perceived value and like the perceived value of those nfts a lot of the time the majority of them the perceived value is not on the artistic quality it's of that token and the um the the bitcoin sorry the blockchain that is attached to it and what they can resell it for and how much money they can make on it yeah that is the perceived value the perceived value 
is not the artistic intention. Yeah. It is yeah. how much can I resell it for and how much this is going to boost up this crypto. Yeah. So it's all about, and both those worlds are equally as shit as each other. Paris Hilton, our our, uh, our favorite video star, she um, <laughs> she's a bit of a uh, NFT advocate, apparently. Oh, so no. I, I discovered upon upon researching this episode, and what you just said there about the you know the artistic value meaning nothing is could never be more true for her because there's a quote from her where she says. Um, she says, and I'm going to do my best Paris uh, impersonation here. There are paintings out there that are like $100 million or more. But if you think about it, it's really just canvas with paint. O-M-G. <laughs> Paris, like we need to talk, girl. Like call oh, me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and that just, that's the perfect demonstration in that little quote of People that are NFT in, into NFTs, what they think of artistic value, exactly like yeah, yeah, exactly, and and exactly also like, like that celebrity um, jumping on as a celebrity, like I think Justin Bieber bought. Oh one. yeah, and you know what I mean, like when Justin Bieber buys an NFT and then that motherfucker sells sells it a week later. I don't know if he did, but let's say he sells it a week later, he's gonna sell it for more because Justin Bieber bought the NFT. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. fucking bullshit. But it is. Um, I think that value question it's it's always been difficult for for artists to sort of create value around their work i think because it's never really that conversation or that value is never really determined by the artists themselves really yeah um it's always determined by other people and i think i think what the original concept of nfts perhaps was trying to do was sort of flip the switch on that and give artists a bit more power in terms of valuing their work which is obviously a very good thing but um yeah, it seems to have got very, very twisted and muddied. Yeah, like maybe the, the yeah, way. I feel like the original idea was there, and then like everything, it gets corrupted. And I think a really yeah. good example of that is the um, the head of OpenSea, which is a platform where you can sell NFTs, and it's pro- I think it's the most widely used um, platform. Yeah. Um, it's it's widely used because um, at the moment OpenSea. Uh, paying for the gas which is the money it costs the the artist to mint their work so like on a lot of the um platforms you have to pay to mint it which means you have to pay to get it on the blockchain um and then you know when it sells obviously you'll you'll recoup that money if if you make a profit but what OpenSea do is they you, they pay for that gas. They pay for it to be minted on the blockchain. And so you see an absolute flood of work on that platform. Right. And, you know, I mean, we're not even getting into yet how the quality of the work on most of these platforms is absolute dog shit. <laughs> like there's some fucking amazing stuff, but let me tell you, it's like 0.1%. Um, and yeah. so they're flooded. That's why they're the most widely used platform is because they don't charge people to mint the NFTs. And yeah. the head of that, the one of the founders of OpenSea, I found this interview with him, and we'll play, we'll play the the audio after I tell you about it. Is in this one part in the interview? I think it's like being interviewed it's like podcast or something. And P.S. This guy's like fucking twenty five. I mean, not that I'm being ageist, but it's just hilarious. And he's sitting there, and he's like, you know, the podcast chick is like, where do you see the future of NFTs and OpenSea? And you know, he was saying that he sees the future going into multiple blockchains, not just on the Ethereum 
um, blockchain. I think it already is on other blockchains as well, like Polygon Ethereum, and shit like that. Ethereum, Ethereum, whatever. Get it right. Ethereum. What did I say? Erethium. <laughs> Erethium. 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 Ethereum. Sorry, Ethereum. Um, yeah, so he sees the future of it going on to different blockchains, but he's like, you know, the world is, I'm doing a really, really bad, like San Francisco accent. You know, the world, the internet is like this place now where anything can be monetized. Like basically what he's saying is he sees the open internet as an opportunity to monetize nearly everything. You know, like say if you want like a Twitter handle or if you want, to change your profile picture or you want to do this or you want to do that like he's trying to think of a way to monetize the entire internet which like that's completely fucked because the internet is like vastly a free place to use mostly um and yeah so let's listen to what he says because it's absolutely fucked we uh pivoted and started building a marketplace for all of the crypto kitties like things that would emerge and for a while, we didn't know what it was going to be. It could be game items. It could be art. It could have been virtual world goods. There were phases where it was each of those things. Mm. So we built OpenSea to be horizontal and support all the different types. At a very high level, anytime information is being transferred in the internet, value can be transferred too. Uh, I just imagine every website having getting marketplaceified or there is some sort of memorabilia or some sort of digital goods that makes sense for that community being sold in tandem with the information being exchanged. Every newspaper, every subreddit, every, uh, every community on the internet like, has m- members that want to exchange value. Say what? Like what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Sorry. That would be... A really shit world to live in. I yeah, and say. no one would, everyone would get off the internet. But isn't isn't that the antithesis of what the internet is supposed to be as well? Yeah, free. And it's exactly what Zuckerberg's doing with his, you know, meta. It's it's the same thing. It's just creating a new version of the internet where they can make more fucking money. Yeah, because like if you want, like Toby, if I'm gonna put on my metaverse headset and come over to your house, like if you don't have a couch yeah. for me to virtually sit on, I'm gonna be so pissed. So you're just gonna have to like fucking NFT that lounge into your fucking house, bro. Yeah. So I can virtually yeah. sit my ass on it and that's gonna cost you what? Like point zero one Arethium. Right. What is it? Ethereum? Yeah. And you're gonna have to pay a, a a virtual Uber driver to get you to my place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you're talking about subreddits like he mentioned starting to charge to get access i mean that's just i know that's i can't imagine anybody who's in reddit is ever going to go for that either no. because reddit is such a free and open community which is like, what makes it really good right yeah yeah you know. he would just probably get laughed out of the room like keanu reeves laughed nfts out of the room when he was asked about it in that uh oh my god that, uh, i saw should... that let's listen to it <laughs> they made uh nfts for the new movie and there were like a hundred thousand of them and the site broke like in the first few hours because there were over three hundred thousand people in the queue trying to buy these nfts for fifty dollars um and so like when you think about the concept of digital scarcity and things that are you know they can't be copied that are easily reproduced <laughs> well, but they're not the same, right? It's not a fake version of you. I wonder what our. Do we get a cut of that? <laughs>
Don't you love his laugh? It's fucking uh, ridiculous. Keanu is the hero of the internet I and always him. will be. He's he's the best. But his reaction to to that guy's question is is he's me basically. That's exactly what yeah. I think about the whole thing. And you know, I'd like to see a viable version of it perhaps in you know work in some way but the way it is at the moment i just think it's it's a mess and yeah. not only that but the, and the thing we haven't touched on yet and and let's go there now is the whole environmental impact of of blockchain and nfts and, and yeah. everything that it's that it's built on and the, the amount of energy that's required to you know keep these things up and running you know, there's you know there's some numbers out there that say that uh the the blockchain that um, looks after Ethereum, I think, is running the same amount of energy per day as a, as a country the size of Iceland or Malaysia, which just is just that to me is like what. So one really good example of like maybe a bit of environmental backlash is so the Earth brand U R T H, which you and I both use for our lens filters. Amazing company. I'm pretty sure they're Australian based. Yep. One of their major things is that like when you buy anything from their website, whether it's like a camera strap or if it's a if it's mm-hmm. um, an ND filter or whatever, they plant a certain amount of trees. Um, to offset yeah. the carbon of actually creating those products, right? So a couple of months ago, maybe like six months ago, they announced on their Instagram account that they were delving into the world of NFTs and the wrath Ooh. that they got in the comment <laughs> section was next level. Oh, oh yeah, which is, it's like completely understandable why people were kicking up a stink about this because of, you know, what I just said, like the amount of, of carbon em- emitted from, from um, doing one transaction and if people don't quite understand that, it's because when something goes into the blockchain, it needs to get minted and it gets minted by um, uh, NFT mining, which is like um, heaps of computer power that it takes to um, uh, to um, solve like a computer mathematical equation that mints yeah. it into the blockchain. So that actually requires yeah. like a lot of server power, right? So that's why it generates a lot of CO2. There's just like fucking server farms and server farms and server farms and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, mm-hmm. PS2, like you using fucking Facebook is not good for the environment either because there's fuck tons of server farms that are showing up a fuck ton of um, energy. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when they announced this thing, like their whole thing about their brand is being like eco-friendly, plenty of trees. And so people were outraged because they're like, do you even understand how bad NFTs are for the environment? Like what the fuck? And they were justifying it because their idea is to plant trees to plant like 25 trees per transaction. But like someone made a really good point on there that like, well, that takes a certain amount of fucking decades for that to actually come to fruition where you're going to offset the carbon emissions. Whereas like this is now and these emissions are happening now. So that's kind of like null and void, which I think is also a really good point. But one of um, Earth's other sort of points was that, well, we're using the polygon chain, which isn't as intense as ethereum because it doesn't require that um nft mining it uses i don't exactly know how it works but it uses another way to mint your collection or your individual piece i think it yeah i think it reduces it does it it does some of the work in advance and then it it kind of stops and yeah i guess it simmers instead of boils yeah so it's it's something like 80 percent less of the carbon emissions than um minting it on uh ethereum ethereum god (laughs) so that was kind of like their justification 
and so it was one of those situations like where a lot of people that might have been loyal to the brand for their sort of environmental ethos left but then a lot of people stayed because a lot of people are on the nft train and a lot of people are going forward and a lot of people do want to justify in their own minds that yeah well i'm doing it but it's like okay because it's on the other blockchain and they're planting trees and it's like a bit of a fucking greenwash situation so there yeah. is there are some aspects like that as well but you know i mean it, there's this uh, article in the guardian about kosovo um like pulling the plug on bitcoin mining servers server farms that are in their country because of the level of um energy it's consuming which and obviously CO2, but more so the level of energy it's consuming that destabilizes their energy system in the country. Speaking of uh, speaking of backlash, what about um, the uh, British Journal of Photography, the former doyen of uh, doyen. you know <laughs> of uh, photographic works in the in the UK? They've had an absolute shocker, mate. That have a fucking stinker of a couple months, eh? Like. <laughs> You know, I'm like heavy in this like Twitter space at the moment following this story. And it's just <laughs> every day it gets more fucking crazy. Like for people who yeah. don't know, like the British Journal of Photography is the, you know, oldest uh, photography magazine in the world. Um, that's still yeah, legendary. Know, yeah, yeah, allegedly. That's still kind of, yeah, going on and on and on. And, you know, they've been having some financial troubles. And um, I think it was September last year was their last... Um, actual edition before they went on like hold for a bit and you know they went through a couple stages where they were asking for investment um for people to buy shares and were asking were doing like crowdfunding situations like they did a one crowdfunding thing for the magazine to stay basically online that raised like 1.3 million pounds right and so along with that the head of the company at the time um, whose name is, I think his name, yeah, Mark Hartog, who was at the time the CEO, and I think he actually owned it. Um, he was sort of like promising, like he had this whole idea of that, you know, the British, the BJP we'll call it for short, because I don't want to keep saying British Journal of Photography, that the BJP <laughs> would like get into the NFT world and this is how we're going to make um, the magazine fruitful. I'm going to promise you 400% on return within four years. I mean, honestly, who fucking believes 400% on return in four years for fuck's <laughs> sake? People believe anything. But yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. he was promising all these things, right? And now the BJP's Twitter, that has like 250,000 followers. Like, because it's a fucking yeah. institution, man. Like, you would know from like yeah. growing up in Britain. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. the sort of place where young photographers yeah. and old photographers, every photographer of any background goes and gets information, resources, publishers, whatever. They have a great reputation. Well, they did. And overnight, <laughs> right, so they had sort of been planting the seed of the NFT thing, right? And they sort of started this other company called Art3 and it was sort of running in parallel to the BJP. And overnight, like, they did this, like, Twitter switch, right, where they changed the name of the B- at BJP photo Twitter space to the NFT arm of the business at Art3, so they switched it. That's so it funny. looked like that Art3, which is the NFT company of BJP, had 250,000 followers and also had a verified tick. They just changed the fucking yeah. name, right? Yeah. And then they started a new Twitter handle that at BJP Photo for the actual photography journal, which had no fucking followers. So <laughs> it went... 
and so everyone woke up and they're like, what the fuck has happened? You know <laughs> what I mean? I didn't follow these people. Who are they? Yeah, who the fuck are you? Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of, like, extreme Twitterverse backlash and people calling them out and just horrendous. But I think what it boiled down to was the fact that the CEO um, left the company, he sold it, and he went off to do Art3. And in that process, he took the Twitter right. with him. Um, uh. Yeah. And so that's kind of what happened. But the BJP will continue, quote unquote, as a, f- a fine art photography magazine. Um, but I think, like, the people who invested... But the damage is done, The damage isn't is it? done. I mean, and I think they, yeah. they there was, like, a, like all their shares went down like through the floor like everyone's lost money on the investment that they made with that magazine and shareholders were not Mm. happy and there was like all this gray area like no one knew what was going on shareholders didn't know what was going on and then it all Mm. came out that the company had actually been sold to a former board member and like all the board members like you know they they uh quit like in disgust and all this kind of shit but so art three is now art three and it has nothing to do with the bjp like they're owned by two completely different entities, but like there's still so much like shit on the B hate on the BJP of them kind of promoting NFTs through Art Three. Yeah. So they're still kind of holding kind of, hands a bit. But yeah, I mean people were just fucking horrified. But I think that demonstrates as well what a hard sell NFTs are to actual to people that actually value art because yeah, more I don't think any of us really yeah, I don't think any of us really get it. And that's that's obviously a a bugbear for a lot of, you know, NFT enthusiasts. They're like, oh, you're just old-fashioned, you don't get it, you need to fucking, you know, yeah. move along with, with the times. Grandpa, blah, blah. But, yeah. But but do we? I no, mean, that's I'm just not a really, particularly... But that's just a really simple yeah. argument that they give because they don't actually know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, true. But I do, I do, you know, I, I think the the environmental impacts is definitely something. If you are considering getting into this world, it's definitely something you should read up on and make your own decisions, obviously. But um, that was one of the things I found quite staggering, not just around NFTs, um, but obviously it, it's related to crypto, which is what um, you use to trade NFTs. So it's all connected. But um yeah, I was staggered by the amounts of energy that were, that were being used. And obviously, Elon Musk famously, um, you know, pulled out of, of Bitcoin and said he wasn't going to accept Bitcoin for, for Tesla because of the environmental impact it has, yeah. blah, 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 and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's it's becoming a, a lot more visible. But there's also there are also some issues around the, the actual technology that the, the, the NFTs sit on as well. And it's... You know, everyone sort of talks about, well, it's you know very secure and unique and all the rest of it, and it's you know everything's very safe and rah rah rah. rah. Mm. But apparently, that's not actually the case. I was reading, <laughs> I was reading some stuff um, uh, from a developer, a guy called Jonty Waring, who's a who's a software developer for Twitter, actually. All oh, right. So obviously knows obviously knows his shit. He um, he sent some tweets, sort of middle of well, early early last year, around about around about the time when NFTs were really starting to explode, so sort of March twenty twenty one, that kind of time. Mm-hmm. You know when uh, when Beeple sold his his big thing, and everyone was starting to talk about this. He he sent a, a very long um, uh, Twitter um, thread, which started um, with this. He says, "Out of curiosity, I dug into how NFTs actually reference the media you're buying." In quotes, and my eyebrows are now orbiting the moon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so. <laughs> Short version, the NFT you bought either points to a URL on the internet 
or an IPFS hash. I'm not sure what these things are. That's but like I'll a torrent. Yeah. In most circumstances, it references an IPFS gateway on the internet run by the startup you bought the NFT from. Oh. oh, and the URL is not the media. The URL is a JSON metadata file. So you don't even own the actual thing that you think you bought. He goes on... He, he, he goes on to explain this in, in much more detail and we'll link to this tweet in the in the show notes because it is it's quite interesting it's very sort of uh techie speak but there's one um key sort of tweet about halfway through where he basically says in short right now nfts are built on an absolute house of cards constructed by the people selling them it's likely that every nft sold so far will be broken within a decade Will that make them worthless? It's hard to say. But I think, in my opinion, that is a reason not to invest at the moment because, you know, it's not just the NFTs that will be broken, but many of the companies and individuals and, and so-called marketplaces that are selling these things, exactly, will will be gone and will The blockchain will that it was minted on might dissolve yeah. and crumble into and, the ethos. And with that... And with that, your millions of dollars will also, you know, be washed away into 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 the ether. So that's kind of that's pretty scary as well. I yeah, that is, and I think that is something to really consider for people who are investors and who are buying the mm. work. But I'm so certain that many people who are selling their work on there do not give a shit about if that link, that file that they've sold someone, they do not give a fuck if that is broken in ten years. They've got their money now. Oh, no. They'll cash out on their fucking wallet and they'll go buy a house. Like they don't give a yeah. fuck. It's it's not yeah. like it's it is like a house of cards. Because mate, I don't even like it's just like here with with the physical work in my room. Like yeah. I don't know if my hard drives that are storing that digital data are going to work in 10 years. I don't know if the cloud's going to yeah. work in 10 years. I don't know if that print on the wall is going to be faded in 10 years, but I'm sure as shit know that if I take care of that print on the wall, I'll have it in 10 years. Mm. I know that mm. the negatives behind me I'll have in 10 years because they're stored properly in climate control and in the proper acid-free stuff. Like I know that I'm going to have that in 10 years, but I don't know if my hard drive is going to work in 10 years. I don't know if my cloud's going to work know. in 10 years. I don't like yeah. you know what I mean, but that's just the world we live in there, isn't it? And it's yeah. I think our appreciation for this is uh, is different to someone who is you know let's say born in the you know mid nineties onwards. It's mm. it's like it's a completely different. They, they've they've grown up in a completely different yeah. world that values things in a completely yeah, different we, way. Whereas we value that physical. does everything. Yeah, yeah, they do everything online. You know, they date online. They they buy everything online. They do everything online. Yeah. They listen to music online. Yeah. They watch TV online. They watch movies online. They don't go to the movies anymore, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All the things that we generally physically take ourselves to and all that kind of stuff is more and more moving towards um, towards the internet. So I guess generationally perhaps that's where the world is going. And, you know, thankfully I probably won't be, be around to see that because <laughs> I'll be six feet under. Because <laughs> I don't think I would really want any part of that kind of world. I think it would be wholly sad and... Um, a little bit bereft of of any kind of fun or enjoyment to be yeah, honest, yeah yeah and that's, i that's just me no i i i agree and i think you know we have sounded like really negative nancy's to nfts but i think we're more conf yeah. like confused and 
you know, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think that I'm scared about it or being left behind or anything like that. Like, I really don't think that, like everyone said the Kindle will kill books and that's just like, hasn't fucking happened. So I don't really yeah. believe that this NFT thing is the future. I really, I think it's a fad. Um, I think it, it's, it's just, you know, disguised it's, it's gambling and it's, um, crypto pushing disguised as art. Um, but that, but I do want to say that there are some amazing artists on there that are really producing fascinating and stunning yeah. work and they yeah. should absolutely be rewarded for that. So that's the aspect of it that I really do like. Um, so to me, you know, I mean, I don't know how else those people are going to make money because maybe they don't have access to those sort of gatekeepers of the fine art world that we were talking about. So I do like that aspect of it. But I just yeah. don't know if it's going to last forever. And I, I like it's it's not it's finite. It has an end, and I think the end is soon. I think so too. And and, and the last thing I'll say is, I'm with you. I think if this all leads to a, an ecosystem where artists can get, you know, good value for their for their work and can sell things more easily to more people for more money, then you know whether whether that's a physical piece of art or you know a digital token whatever it is um i think that's a, a positive thing so there are there are definitely things that are happening in the nft world that you know will hopefully benefit all of those that are that are creating art and um in whatever form it might be so fingers crossed and because we don't want to be total negative nullities in the show notes we're going to post some cool kind of nft oh. collections that we've both found that we think are really awesome just to help promote yeah, nice. good quality work if you've got any nft info or you disagree with us or you know you've bought something or you've created something or, or whatever it might be then you know we'd love to hear from you it's um it's a really interesting space on that note adios people ciao everyone stay cool Click, click, bang, bang, a photography podcast is produced by Meredith Schofield and Toby Farage. Oh my God, that's us. It is us, Mez, but look, we're not the only two cool cats behind this thing, are we? No, our amazing branding is done by Jacqueline Ding, aka your better half, Topes. Definitely my better half and the fantastic music that you're hearing. Let's just have another little listen. Sweet so tunes. Good. That fantastic theme was composed by our good friend Simon Figuzzi, a legend of the music scene. Such a legend. You can subscribe to this podcast everywhere. Everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us. It really helps people find our podcast. And you can check us on the socials at CCBB Podcast. We'll see you soon. Bye.